I remembered something I'd once read. That a representative owes the people not only his industry, but his judgment. And he betrays them if he sacrifices it to their opinion. That was written by Edmund Burke, a member of the British Parliament. Argument turns too easily into animosity. Disagreement escalates too quickly into dehumanization. Too often we judge other groups by their worst examples, while judging ourselves by our best intentions. There's a theologian by the name of Oz Guinness, and he puts it this way. He says that liberty requires restraint, but the only restraint consistent with liberty is self-restraint. An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. Give me liberty! Oh, give me death! We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Welcome to it, another edition of the FritzCast. It's either Thursday, May 2nd, or Friday, May 3rd. That's how we're going to play this right now, because I just completed my first week of Midnight to 8. And let me tell you something about working Midnight to 8. I thought I would be able to keep my day straight. I really did think that it was impossible to mix up your days. Until now. For some people... When they go to bed, whenever they go to bed, when, when they go to sleep and catch, you know, that however long sleep they catch, for some people it's five hours, for other people it's four, for some people, some lucky sons of bitches out there probably get seven or eight hours of sleep. Not many, but some do. And those are people that I would like to say that I'm envious of. But I know a thing or two of not catching enough sleep, and... Being an expectant father, I know that that's not going to change. Probably forever now. But that, that is beside the point. Working 12 to 8, I, I... When I got this promotion, number one, I was excited. It's hard to not be excited when you get something that you've been trying to shoot for for the past, uh, we'll say, couple of years. Um, So getting something, it, it, truly an accomplishment, makes me feel good. Um... You run into people who obviously are, you know, bitter over it, or, or uh, j- you know, they just don't care, um, and they don't want to pay you the respect, you know, wh- one thing or another. I don't. I'm not somebody that like you know, I demand respect and pull out a dual glove and slap you across the face with it and crap like that. I don't do that. But, but the the point of it is that uh, 
you know, it's it's something that I worked hard for. When I was, you know, I knew going into it as I was interviewing for it that it was a midnight to eight spot, and in my head, I kind of loathed, I kind of loathed that aspect. I loathed it. Did I? I I hope I didn't stumble over the word. That's what happens, though. I kind of loathed the thought of, oh man, I gotta go onto the shift. Everybody's a freaking zombie, and uh, and I, you know, I'll probably hate it. You know, and I, mind you, it's not like I'll be stuck on it forever. You know, I won't if I don't want it. But I did some key things since I was switching up my schedule and all that. I'm getting paid more now. So, you know, I said for this first two weeks, uh, I wasn't going to take any overtime uh, because I don't know how I was going to react to the schedule. And surprisingly, uh, surprisingly, I wasn't dead in the water. And I'm really proud of myself for that. Part of me has this, like, I guess, I guess like a deeper personal responsibility that I don't want to be a screw-up. <laughs> I can't think of another way to say it. But there's there's that inner drive in me that doesn't want to be a screw-up, you know. My body clock can wake me up before my alarm goes off just because that's how my mind works, you know. It, I'm impressed by it sometimes. I'm like, damn. You know, my alarm was going to go off in five minutes, but I just shot up out of bed anyway, awake. Which is pretty nuts. Um, and and surprisingly, adjusting to that shift, like, you know, it used to be, it, it's because I had this stuck in my head. I used to, I, I worked 4 to 12 for the past seven years. And if I got froze or if I took overtime on 12 to 8 shift, I would, by one thirty in the morning, not not one hour and 30 minutes into the shift, mind you. I would feel like I got hit with a Mack truck and wanted to die. Pretty much, that's the long and the short of that. And so, I always associated 12 to 8 in my head with wanting to be hit with a Mack truck and die. That's that's how I associated with it. And I wanted no parts of it, so I started picking up all this 8 to 4 overtime and you know, avoiding having to get the freeze and having to work on that shift. And then they switched me over to that shift via the promotion. And uh, surprisingly, this, this week I got through it with, um, with, few painful adju- with, with, with few painful adjustments. Um, and most of them weren't painful. The, the worst part was, uh, you know, leaving my wife at home. You know, she doesn't like that aspect of it, and I don't either, but... The days this past week, we've spent more time these past this past week during the days before I went into work than we have in a while. That that ties into working four to twelve. You know, four to twelve. I loved that shift. I still do love that shift. I love the people on that shift. But much like any normal human being, those hours suck. Those hours suck for your family. Those hours suck for the social hour. Those hours suck and now I'm finally off those hours and I have time during the day and during the evenings and it's it's weird and it's different and I have a different view and appreciation of it and I'm, I'm surprised because I thought I would be stubborn as hell and not take on this kind of a view and mind you it's only been a week well, you know let's not let's not get too excited yet let's let's hold on and go through another week and then another week and then I think I have a vacation coming up which I'm taking, you know, but 
You know, that's been an interesting change-up. And, and on top of it all, it's actually given me more time to listen to podcasts, uh, listen to what's going on in the news, and it could be beneficial to things like me running this program. So there's, there's a lot for me to take into consideration because the power will be in my hands shortly to decide whether I want to stay on that shift or having the ability to jump off of it. Um, it's not... The, the the way that this line of work works, you're you you don't you're not going to be stuck in something for too long that you don't like, especially not when you're becoming a more senior person. There, I almost I'm going to be hitting ten years in a couple of years. I think three years, I'll be hitting ten years. I'll actually be vested into my pension and all that. And uh, and sadly, at seven years already, I am among some of the more senior people. There, that's that's pretty crazy, and that's something I can dive into some other time about um, job security and uh, job enticement and incentives to keeping people. I think that could be a whole discussion, uh, but for another time. Um, but you know, I, it's sitting interesting. I didn't have I didn't have the most terrible week. I thought it was going to be terrible. Wasn't all that bad. Was not all that bad. And just like for an example today, I worked 12 to 8 today. I came home, I grabbed uh, like a little nap, if you will, a cat nap. Probably longer than a cat nap. I don't know the I don't know the legal term definition uh of it of cat nap, but I napped from for like 2 hours. And uh I woke up. It's a beautiful day out. All my windows are open. I'm going to sit in the yard after I'm done on here uh, and just enjoy being outside for a little bit. Which is nice. It's lovely. Delaware's been in this back and forth of, oh, hey, look, here's nice weather. Oh, it's your weekend? Oh, it's going to rain. It's going to be cold. I hope you're okay with that. No, not okay with that. Can't control it, though. It is what it is. Today is beautiful, and I just actually ran to the parks parks permit office, whatever. I, my wife wants to rent a pavilion. Ooh, sorry, coffee. Uh, wants to rent a pavilion uh, for our baby shower. Yeah, that's right, folks. We're about to have baby shower time. You know, it's hard for me to think that it's May already. Guess what? It's gonna be May. No, it is May right now. And uh, in, let's see, 25, in 23 short days, I turn 30. That's gonna be fun. Not, not real. I'm not loathing. I'm not loathing turning thirty. I'm, I'm not freaking out about it as nearly hard, or as nearly as bad as I thought I would. Uh, it's, is it going to be a milestone? I don't want to raffle on about turning thirty, but you know, it's, uh, it's a big milestone, turning thirty, and I'm the baby of the family. So the baby of the family is turning thirty. The baby of the family is having his first child. You know, all the all these things are happening. And I'm sure some of my siblings are probably freaking out, which I, that's kind of fun. They got to pick on me and, and do crap to me when I was growing up. Now the tables turn, and I talk about how even though I'm old, I'm young. Go figure that one. Really looking forward to the life changes coming this year, man. 2019 has been a great year, and uh, for me personally, you know, it might not have been a great year uh, 
on other fronts. I don't I don't know. We're about to talk about brace yourselves. Winter is coming. Or it's already here if you watch Game of Thrones. And you know what's funny? This week this week taking the twelve to eight thing too. Kind of if it was if I was any other normal person, it would probably be bad right now. Because Game of Thrones is going on and people want to avoid spoilers. So guess what? I am on like season two or season three of Game of Game of Thrones. I'm so far behind. I don't pay attention when people talk about it. I really don't. I don't get the uh, people getting up in arms over spoilers on the internet. I really it's not that hard to avoid it. Other than just jerk offs blatantly posting something that you would see and focus on and go, Oh no, it spoiled it. Like those people are assholes. Okay, I agree with you. And I don't go around doing that. But I do a great deal of avoid of avoiding the internet for that stuff. I, I still haven't seen Avengers Endgame. I didn't see Avengers Infinity War until I bought it on Vudu and watched it at home on my 4K television. I went all that time not knowing a damn thing about it, not talking to anybody about it. And then I finally saw it. And it was everything that I knew it was going to be. And more. And better than I thought it was going to be. So Endgame... The thing with Endgame is I actually have my tickets purchased. I'm going next week to see Endgame. So if anybody's wondering, like, oh, I guess he's not in the superhero stuff. I am, to to an extent. Not not nearly as hardcore as, as the other nerds are. Like, I'm, I'm, nerd, I'm nerd-tastic over Star Wars. When that Star Wars trailer dropped... Right at the end, I, I, if you haven't seen the Star Wars trailer, let me just play the end clip real quick of it. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> Ooh, that's that that the, the laughs of the Emperor. Ugh, chills. I am so ecstatic because I mean, you know, if you watch the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, that's probably the most scrutinized trilogy. Next to The Last Jedi. (laughs) Next to The Last Jedi, because The Last Jedi is the most scrutinized Star Wars film of all time. The prequels had their awesome elements, had their unfortunately persistent elements of suck. Um, And some of the saving graces of the the Star Wars prequel trilogy are things like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Perfect, dead on. Exactly as it should be. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, albeit he was only in one movie, which was The Mistake. Awesome Jedi character. Darth Maul, awesome Sith villain. Don't know why you would limit him to just one episode. Uh, Idiotic for his character, because his character was so badass. Uh, Then you had people like Count Dooku, you know, oh, Christopher Lee is in this movie, yay. Like you can't hate Christopher Lee at all, you gotta like him. But uh, his char- the Count Dooku character, didn't really get expanded on to a degree of you caring about him until the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, so you can't really count that as the prequel at all. And then one of the other saving graces of the prequel was Ian McDermott as uh, Chancellor Palpatine slash Darth Sidious. He was literally, a, he was literally a compelling character. Uh, a very cunning, sly character, uh, especially in Star Wars Episode Three, loved him. He was the whole 
it's like he was the whole point of Star Wars Episode Three, and not Anakin turning into Vader. And hopefully, I didn't spoil anything for anybody. Gosh, it's Star Wars. This shit's already known. All right, don't contact me about spoilers. But you know, End Game I'll see next week. Um, and I, I'm hype about it. I've avoided the spoilers. I've avoided all that crap, and uh, I'm, l- I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to that's a mega closing of Marvel had a Marvel and Disney did a pretty epic buildup of that whole franchise, and the the Avengers Endgame is like the end of an era for that. You're never going to, in my mind, see. Uh, any type of near blockbuster massive hit on that scale again I really don't think you are not with that star power not with those story arcs and not with that much dedication built into it to make sure it was all tied up so I'm looking forward to to seeing that so I've avoided the spoilers the Game of Thrones thing it is what it is I mean like I, I like the show I'm not obsessed with it like my sister is, like my my one sister, absolutely obsessed with the Game of Thrones, and a ton of other people are. I'm not obsessed with it, clearly, because I'm so far behind. Um, probably just so I can wait and then binge the whole thing and just be like, oh look, I watched the whole show, didn't have it spoiled, and did it in half the time that everybody didn't have to do all the waiting and all that crap. One final entertainment note before we move on to the politics. Look at all these politics. Um, another trailer dropped, um, over the past couple of days for a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And let me just save you some time. Um, it looks like crap. Uh, it absolutely looks like crap. Have no interest in this movie whatsoever. Don't know why they're making it. And if they were to make a Sonic movie, if we had to go through it, I tweeted this out. If we have to go through a Sonic movie, can you just take the 16-bit character model of Sonic, the the actual iconic image of Sonic, just polish it up to 3D standards and make the movie with that model? Because the model that they made for Sonic the Hedgehog is terrible. It looks god-awful, and I do not care for it. That's all I got to say about that. Now, on to politics, 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 politics. I kind of st- I opened up the show with uh with my specialized intro. It pops up here and there. I haven't like I don't think I marked going into this year as a new season of the Fritzcast, which is what I usually do. Um, instead, uh, I just kind of went with the flow. Uh, we're working on some changes in the program. We're gonna have some uh, good content coming out. Uh, over the over the summer and gearing up for 2020 election time. That's actually an exciting time for podcasts like this because there's lots of news clippings, there's lots of things to talk about because there's a lot going on. Not to say that there's not a lot going on now because uh, what, uh, what, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Ra, ra, um, ra, what's, what's the attorney general's name? Somebody help me out here. Bill Barr. Bill Barr. William Barr. He was actually scheduled for a hearing today, and he said he was going to blow it off, and did blow it off. And now all the Democrats are calling for his resignation, calling him a disgrace. Uh, Throughout the hearing, he did have another hearing earlier in the week, which I got clips of. 
that we'll review a little bit of. Um, but appar- apparently, his little summary that uh, that we were hyping about, well, it, was, it, was, it may have uh, you know had some blemishes, some, some mocks, not to the degree that his release is totally null and void, or that it miraculously changes the situation from where it's at. But you know, maybe he wasn't you know entirely you know truthful, you know. I mean, like, uh, you know, um, um, you know, it's just, you know, it's peculiar. You know what I mean? Um, still in the Mueller report, which has been released to the public, by the way, all 400 and some odd pages of it, and it takes me, it takes me like two months to read a 300-page novel. So that's not happening. Um, that's not happening on the quick end of things. I am going to read it, though. Much to my uh, much to my delight, I love reading bureaucratic generated paperwork. It is very fun. Not really, but uh, still, to my understanding, uh, collusion is still one hundred percent out the window. One hundred percent collusion did not happen. There's no evidence of it. There, there Mister Evidence, not here. No, no, no. Mr. Evidence, not here. So, uh, the collusion angle, which most of us were saying there was no collusion, there was Russian interference, there's there's massive amounts of information and reports you can read on that, and it makes me wonder what is being done to ensure that it doesn't happen again since we're coming up on another election and it was such a big deal that Russia did try to interfere. What safety nets and guards are we putting in place to try to prevent and stay on top of things like that? Because if Russia's doing it, you can guarantee that other countries are trying to do it uh, because it's a great way to get at the people. Like, like I said episodes ago, you don't actually have to do much to really get at America. All you have to do is drop the seeds... And the news media and us, we will do the rest. We will tear each other apart and spend our time impassionately tearing each other apart, thus not making us unified, thus nothing really happens good for the Republic. Which is obviously their goals. They're not our friends and they don't want us to be successful. They want to meddle in our business, which, I mean, you know, America has meddled in other people's business before. This isn't new. But in this day and age, it's becoming more over technology. Technology, technological warfare, is an effective weapon because you can cause chaos and panic and things to happen without actually getting your hands dirty. Yes, yeah, people might people might get hurt, people might die, but you don't have to get your hands dirty. You don't have to get blood on your hands. You could be the cause of it. You could be the driving force behind it, but you physically did not actually do anything. You let the course of events unfold and take care of themselves. Which, I mean, that's a scary thought, isn't it? In this day and age, what's, you know... People talk about nuclear war being a big thing. 
not if you look into the technological aspects of what can go on. Um, an EMP taking out a power grid, or taking out the power grid entirely, uh, there's there's studies that show that that you knock out a power grid and it's out for a year, like I think something al- along the lines of a third of the population just dies because because they can't sustain their lifestyle without it. And so they can't adapt. Which is very, very scary to think about because we live in a highly technological world. Uh, if you're living in America and listening to this podcast, I mean, think about what your life would be like without electricity, period. Without electricity. All right, no lights, no charging up your phone, no getting on the computer and getting on the internet, no Netflix and binge, you know, and chill all day. None of that. No refrigerator for your food. No freezer. What are you going to do? And your local supermarkets don't have it either because the grid's down. All right. Panic, chaos. Um, and nobody actually has to physically get their hands dirty for that. They could just do it. And that's very, very scary to think about. Um, so what protections are being put in place? What what steps are being taken to ensure something like our election isn't being hacked, let alone our grid is being protected and all those other things? So how could you divide the American people? It's very, very easy because we do it ourselves every day. We do it ourselves every day. It's as simple as the fact that people don't trust news sources anymore because they're untrustworthy anyway. But everybody has their own preferred news source. Everybody has their own preferred commentary. Everybody has their own preferred view. And we argue over this stuff. We thrive on arguing with each other over it. Instead of building up key pillars and principles of what our government should be, and following that, I mean, the framework was laid out rather ingeniously. But, this harkens back to the intro that opened up. You probably heard that little line from the Patriot. An elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can. This is what really set me off over the past couple of days on Twitter. Like, Democratic presidential hopeful Eric Swalwell mentioned, and this was a completely pandering tweet. All right, mind you, I get it that uh, that when our documents were, were constructed, um, it was in the 1700s, and life was different then, very different. But Eric Swalwell tweeted out something along the lines of, you know what's not mentioned in the Constitution? Women. Words not mentioned once. Well, if I'm right, if I'm right, I don't believe the Constitution references the word man either. But I could be wrong. But I could be wrong. But he put this out to be, you know, to to pander for political talking points. Talk about how women aren't mentioned in the Constitution, and that's wrong, and that needs to be changed. And a bunch of people will impassionately jump on that and go, yeah, 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 that's right, that's true. And then you have people like me who say, no, 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 no. Okay, first off, the Constitution has been wrong before. Uh, we know that because you can amend the Constitution. 
There's a process to amending the Constitution. And once upon a time, the, the Constitution had things like uh, prohibition in it, which didn't go out very well, and then they redacted it. Or amended it again and took that out of the Constitution. And at the end of the day, philosophically speaking, you know, in the special intro that opened this episode, I have three quotes that are stated in it that never change. The opening quote from Edmund Burke about owing, a representative owes the people that he represents his judgment and that he sacrifices it if he, or he, he loses it and is not doing his job if he sacrifices it to the masses' opinion. That was Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke was uh, was storied against the democracy argument, the, the mob rule argument. And it's a very important argument and point to make. That line is always in that special intro. The second line that's always in that special intro is actually Glenn Beck reading... Uh, passages from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the final one is JFK, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And my fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. And the common element and theme in that, in all of those, especially the last two, is the rights bit. The rights. Eric Swalwell, talking about the Constitution not mentioning women, to me, is a moot argument because it is promoting the idea that the rights that you have, that I have, that we all have, that all human beings have. Notice how I didn't constrict it to the word, like, man, since people are offended by the word man representing mankind nowadays. Fine, I'm with it. We can call it humankind. Even though the word human has man in it. Oh my god, it's a fucking patriarchy conspiracy. Maybe it is, maybe it is, I don't know. But yeah, I'll play the game. I'll play your game. All people are have these rights. All people are created equal. All people are endowed by their creator and or nature. Whatever you want to go with, I'll tiptoe and I won't step on people's toes and offend people for it are born with unalienable rights. And I stress the word because more and more often we're finding that people don't get this. They don't get it. Unalienable rights. They do not come from the government. It's not something that we magically voted on and said everybody's going to have these things. They put the words in the Declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Meaning that these are true and self-evident. But people get so far and removed from it. Just because 
we talk about the Constitution and something being in the Constitution. That's not to disparage the Constitution or the idea of it. It's a good idea to have framework in place as a check against the government. But at the end of the day, it follows, it can fall in the same trap of the mob rule mentality. Just because enough people want something in the Constitution or removed from the Constitution, let's talk about Let's talk about it from that angle because people think the Second Amendment is about hunting, apparently. I didn't know this. I didn't know hunting was a big thing back in the day. But, um, oh yeah, it wasn't. It was about overthrowing a tyrannical government so that you wouldn't be at the mercy of it or something, something like that. But people are talking about wanting to remove the Second Amendment. And, you know, the the school of thought is if enough people agree that we can remove it, then it's, you know, it's screw the other 49% or the 45% or whatever it is. And I don't like that. I don't like that aspect of thinking because what happens if uh, 51, 52, or 53% of the population says, you know, the First Amendment's kind of dumb. I don't even like hearing people talk. No, I believe in the certain unalienable rights. And we have the government in place to secure those rights, to ensure that people's rights are not being violated, to have some kind of system in place for protecting the rights of all of us people. And that's a great division point right there of where we can't see eye to eye as Americans because people don't get that. People don't put that in their head. And if you start arguing it, there's people that are thoroughly convinced that as long as the government says something's okay or we do something through the government and say, and enough of us say it's okay, then it's okay. And it's hard It's hard for me to strip this out of people, but that's that's what we're fighting against. There's another quote in, in this editions from um, Barry Goldwater extremism in the defense of liberty is not a vice is no vice we are so far gone in the debate of the the state of our nation You have people who want increased federal power. You want people who want little federal power. You want people who want increased state power as if it's a difference between federal power. You have people wanting to return to the convention of the states. You have people totally against that idea. You have people that are for abortion up into the second before a child is born and people who are vehemently against any form of abortion whatsoever. You have people that are for LGBTQIA rights people like me who say we don't need to subcategory this stuff to to have these people get the dignity and protection they deserve and then you have people who are intolerant entirely and don't want to see or hear these people at all And this is, this is the American world that we live in now. 
This is the American world we live in now. It's far more divided than it is united. At least that's the way that it is being conveyed. Personally, I think a lot of people fall in the more moderate to libertarian category. And the discussions that we... The, the, the differences and the, uh, the arguments that we're having, those of us in, in that realm, are far different from the extreme left-right that you see portrayed in the media. I, I, I truly do believe that. But in any case, Barr had some hearings. I want to play some, some clips real quick just to give us an idea of how that went. At that meeting, I asked, I, I reiterated to, to uh, Special Counsel Mueller that in order to, sh to have the shortest possible time before uh, I was in a position to release the report, uh, I asked that uh, they identify 6E material. When I received the report on March 22nd, and we were hoping to, to have that easily identified, the 6E material, unfortunately, uh, it did not come in that form. And it uh, quickly became apparent that it would take about three or four weeks uh, to identify that material and other material that have to be redacted. So there was necessarily going to be a gap between the receipt of the report and getting uh, the full report out publicly. What's a, a defensive briefing that uh, in a counterintelligence investigation? Well, you could have different kinds of defensive briefings. Um, if, if, if you learn that somebody is being targeted by a hostile intelligence service, uh, then one form of in defensive briefing is to go and to alert that person to the risks. I think Attorney General Lynch has said it, would, it is routine in counterintelligence investigations. Would you agree with her? Yes. Do you know whether a defensive briefing was ever given to the Trump campaign by the FBI based on their counterintelligence investigation? Did they ever tell the president before he was um, January 2017 what the Russians were trying to do and advise him to tell people affiliated with this campaign to be on, on their guard and be vigilant about Russian efforts to undermine public confidence in the election? My understanding is that didn't ha happen. That would be an ex that failure to pr provide a defensive briefing to the Trump campaign, that would be an extraordinary or notable uh, failure. Would you agree? I think under these circumstances, it's one of the things that I can't fathom why it, why it did not happen. If you're concerned about interference in the election uh, and you have you know, substantial people involved in the campaign who were former U.S. attorneys, you had three former U.S. attorneys there, uh, in the campaign. I, I don't understand why uh, the Bureau would not have gone and, and uh, given a defensive briefing. Has Mr. Mueller or his team changed their conclusions? You mean during, during the course of the investigation? No, today. It's clear, <clears throat> at least according to press reports, <clears throat> excuse me, General, that at one point, the Mueller team was unhappy. I think it had to do with your letter. Mm -hmm. What matters to me is, uh, and I'll get to this in a moment, I want to know first, uh, has the Mueller team changed its mind on its conclusions? Its conclusions as to what? As to collusion, conspiracy, not and conspiracy. Not that I'm aware of. So, the decision not to bring an indictment against the president for collusion, conspiracy, 
with Russia has not changed. No, it hasn't. And the conclusion not to bring an indictment against the president for obstruction of justice has not changed. No. Okay. Now, some people have cited Mueller actually sent a uh, release on March 27th to Attorney General Barr, which has been released to the public. Uh, some people say Mueller scathed him and, and, and rallied him, and he didn't really. Um, because in his letter it says, quote, As we stated in our meeting on March 5th and reiterated to the department early in the afternoon of March 24th, the introductions and executive summaries of our two-volume report accurately sur- summarize this office's work and conclusions. The summary letter that the department sent to Congress and released to the public late in the afternoon of March 24th did not fully capture the context, nature, and substance of this office's work and conclusions. We communicated that concern to the department on the morning of March 25th. There is now public confusion about critical aspects of, and of the results of our investigation. This threatens to undermine the central purpose for which the department appointed special counsel to assure full public confidence in the outcome of the investigations. Uh, while we understand that the department is reviewing the full report to determine what is appropriate for public release, a process that our office is working with you to complete, that process need not delay the release of the enclosed materials. Release at this time would alleviate the misunderstandings that have arisen and would answer congressional and public questions about the nature of the outcome of our investigation. Uh, it would also accord with the standard for public release of notifications to Congress cited in your letter. Uh, not not exactly scathing, not exactly praising either, but that's the whole thing. The mess, um, the mess of this whole thing does stem back to the Obama administration, does stem back to the fact that uh, there was investigations going on that the Trump administration apparently was not informed of and should have been if it was an issue. And if you ask me, this is very, very much a highlight of um, the shenanigans and the chicanery that happen in our politics over ulterior motives. Honest to God. If you want to call a spade a spade, I think that there's, uh, <laughs> pardon my French, I think there's fuck ups left and right all around this. Um, left and right, and we're too busy being divided against each other that uh, I wonder if the truth can ever even be found because people are so dug in on their own conclusion of this stuff. And uh, that means, by the way, and I've said it already, that means Russia won. It means Russia got away with what they were going to do, and the damage is done. And uh, how do we fix that damage? And, you know... That that's the million dollar question. That is the million dollar question to ask right now. Because of everything else that is going on. And uh on top of all this, apparently Bloomberg news report, apparently Facebook has uh started banning a number of figures uh for violating their policies on um on hate speech and promoting violence and uh Believe it or not, it's not just conservative voices that have been removed. Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, Laura Loomer, for example, all have been removed from the Facebook platforms, but so has people like Louis Farrakhan and uh, Paul Nealon and uh, some other people. Um, 
that's a whole different topic. I just needed to throw it out there. I thought it was uh, uh, somewhat amazing that Facebook banned Farrakhan. That Facebook got balls to ban Farrakhan. I think it's just a qualifier, though. I think it's just like one that they threw out there to say, "Look, see, we're not just doing it on on one side of the spectrum." But like I said, that's a whole different argument. I mean, Alex Jones is a fucking nutter anyway. We're not going to talk about. <laughs> we're not. We're not going to talk about. The state of this nation with Alex Jones right now on the program. That, my friends, in conclusion, covers everything I said Fritz Cast might cover in the tweet that I sent out yesterday talking about how I'd have an episode today. So I call that a success. So I wanted to reach out the hand and say thanks for listening. Sorry about last week not being an episode. If you didn't catch it, I actually did like a 12-minute, 13-minute vlog maybe. And I'm actually thinking about kicking up and doing a little bit more content on YouTube, doing a little video log thing. If that's something that interests you, I mean, let me know that it does interest you. And if you didn't see it, just uh, backtrack on uh, on uh, my Twitter page, at FritzQS. And uh, you'll find the links there to the YouTube page for, for FritzCast. Or you can just go to YouTube and search for FritzCast, and you'll it'll pull up the web page there. And you can watch uh, that and some of the other content that I have up on there, which isn't a lot right now. Uh, but we're expanding. We're expanding, which is great. You should be happy that we're expanding. God damn it. And uh, that covers the topics for that. Uh, I, I do intend to be back next week as per usual. I might record it on Thursday. Thursday might be a good day to record it. I don't know. It all depends on where my overtimes fall and how I do that. But next week there will be an episode of FritzCast. Needless to say, and I hope you tune in. And if you enjoyed this episode, please, 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 like, share, comment, and subscribe on whatever platform you're watching on. If you, if it's on Spotify, leave a review. Apple, iTunes, uh, I have several uh, click reviews in there that people are adding, which is great. It's actually boosting the program. Uh, those, those things help the program uh, get out there because some people will just see the program on a passing glance, check the rating, and then move on if they don't like it. So so if you drop me a rating on, on there, I'll be greatly appreciative uh, of that. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash the FritzCast until Mark Zuckerberg decides to ban the page for whatever reason. Uh, so I'm at the mercy of the Zuck on that one. But for right now, last I checked, it's still up. So FritzCast.com, or Wow, it's not fritzcast.com. Facebook.com slash the fritzcast. Do not forget the the part. And if you need to get in contact with me, fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com. Do me a favor, check out some of my good friends, like the Political Otters, Otters Talking Politics Podcast. Follow Mr. Otter on Twitter. Shout out for you, buddy. Brian Nichols of the Brian Nichols Show. Follow him on Twitter at BNicholsLiberty. Something's off with Andrew Heaton. Follow at Mighty Heaton on Twitter for an amazing individual who has a very storied collection of blazers. Mishon Pipes. I don't know I don't know if he has Mishon Pipes. I really don't. But I imagine that he does because he is a classy individual. So he probably does. Uh... Follow him on Twitter and listen to his podcast, Something's Off with Andrew Heaton. 
And those are just some of my Twitter and social media buddies. There's a plethora of others. I just can't include them all because this would drag on and on and on. But those are the ones that get the shout-out this week. Maybe you'll get yours next week. Who knows? Until then, you guys take it easy. I'll see you when I see you. And remember, I love you all. All right.